The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a barn burner. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens lose 8-4 to four to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and uh, I'm not even pissed off about that one. You know, you, normally you allow 8 goals, uh, you're going to be a little bit pissed off at the very least, but uh, on this one, I'm honestly not. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you why at the end, but first I, I want to get to the recap, and uh, obviously with 12 goals, I'll try to do this as quick as possible because there are quite a few things I want to touch on afterwards. Uh, game starts out pretty nonchalantly. I mean, it's it's pretty even going both ways, but it goes to shit, and it goes to shit fast for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Evgeny Shvechnikov in front, beautiful pass from Pierre-Luc Dubois. Makes it one nothing for the Winnipeg Jets. And then I think Kyle Connor got the second goal. I think as of me speaking right now, I think they still have it credited to Nate Schmidt. But I'm pretty sure Kyle Connor got a piece of that. Another beautiful pass by Pierre Lugdesbois up to the point. And uh, Schmidt shoots. And again, I think Connor gets a piece of it. But it gets through. 2 to nothing for the Jets. And it keeps getting worse. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. We have a little bit of four-on-four four action. Mike Hoffman makes an absolutely atrocious pass at the offensive blue line. Adam Lowry and Dylan DeMello go in on a two-on-one. Lowry puts it in, makes it 3 nothing. They had four fucking shots on goal at that point. Three goals on four shots. And it still gets worse. <laughs> Josh Anderson, he had a previous penalty that was still ending. So we had four-on-three, and then we had um, four-on-three in favor of the Jets. A lot of penalties in this one. And uh, as that 4-on-3 was turning into a 4-on-4, Zbois again, this time out to Mark Scheifele, makes it 4 to nothing on six fucking shots. They had six shots on goal, and they had four goals midway through the first period. Now, the Montreal Canadiens storm back into this game in the second half of the first period. Around eight minutes left in the frame, Josh Anderson kind of just throws one on net from the outside hash mark on the right side of the ice and it gets through the five hole makes it four to one and then Cole Caulfield draws a penalty the Habs keep pushing Cole Caulfield stop shot gets stopped Josh Anderson gets the rebound wide open net puts it in makes it four to two and then Arturi Lekkonen gets loose in alone on a breakaway he also goes five hole and makes it four to three and that is how the first period would end after giving up four goals Within like the first 10 minutes of the period, the Habs end the period down only one. Pretty amazing comeback. Less than five minutes into the second period, they tie it up. Guess who? 
Josh Anderson gets the hat trick. Ryan Paling makes a great pass, uh, basically a three-on-one for the Habs, and Paling just throws it across the ice over to Anderson. He's wide open, and he just snipes it upstairs, makes it 4-4, and then everything goes to shit again. Rem Pitlick got a penalty shot, uh, but it was stopped, and after that, the Jets, they just rolled to the victory. The Jets were already on a power play when the Pitlick penalty shot happened, Uh, And of course, you know, puck goes back down to the other end afterwards. It could have been a lead for the Montreal Canadiens, but it turns into a lead for the Jets. Uh, Andrew Kopp scores to beat Samuel Montembeau and make it 5-4. Really not Montembeau's night whatsoever. Um, Then we get into the third period, and the third period really sucked for the Habs. Uh, Bullshit slashing call early on Brendan Gallagher. Mark Shifley banks one in off Ben Sherratt to make it 6-4. Then we get Gallagher gets called for a high stick on a follow-through. I didn't think that one should have been called either, but it was. Again, a lot of penalties in this game. And Zubois scores, makes it 7-4. They would add one more to make it 8-4. But, again, I'm not too upset about that game at all. I liked, I loved the fact that the Montreal Canadiens didn't quit. You know, a couple months ago when we were watching this team under Dominique Ducharme, and again, I don't, I don't want to sit here and dump on him because he's already gone, but when we were watching them under him, th- this game would have been 8-1 or 8 nothing, right? They had a habit of just dropping their shoulders after they, were, they got down early in a game, and then it would turn into an absolute laugher, and this one didn't, right? They came back, of course, you know, for the game to end 8-4 to four is, is kind of a downer. Um, it's definitely not what you want to see but the fact that they came back in this game and the fact that even when they were down like seven to four for example they were the better team at five on five the jets have a very good power play and i think if, if you want to look at what did we learn in that game well what we learned i i would say is the habs are better at five on five than the jets right the jets had one two three uh what four power play goals the habs only got one so i mean if the Habs were a little bit better on the power play in that game, um, maybe it's closer. Maybe it's a real barn burner. We're talking about 8-7 or 8-8, and we're going into overtime. I don't know. But, again, what we learned is the Habs are probably the better team at 5-on-5. Five five. And I'm not trying to say they have the better roster. I think if you had to pick between those two rosters, if you went to somebody and said, hey, I'm going to give you a ticket to the playoffs, and you can pick one of these two rosters to take with you, I think 9 out of 10 people are, are taking the Jets, myself probably included there. I might say, hey, are you sure I can't have Colorado instead? And and then I would say the Jets. But we can say with a reasonable degree of certainty that the Habs are better at 5-on-5. Five five. The, the numbers definitely favored the Habs. Shots, shot attempts, scoring chances. Um, everything was pretty much in Montreal's favor. So definitely not a perfect game, but some uh, a game that you can take some, some positives from. And... One of the biggest positives, obviously, I think is going to have to go directly to our silver lining of the night, which is none other than, of course, Josh Anderson. Um, I did the same thing last game, right, when Arturi Lekkanen had two goals, and I'm, I'm going to do something similar here for Anderson. I don't want to see the Montreal Canadiens trade him. I don't want to see them trade him. Um, I think I would probably argue that he gets a better return than Lekkanen, so I think there's a better case for trading him because, obviously, you know, they, they everybody has to be on the block, so to speak. Everybody has to be available to the point where you're at least entertaining offers about them. And I don't think Anderson is an exception to that. Obviously, we want to see what's out there. But I think 
if possible, he's somebody that you hang on to because I think he could definitely be a part of this rebuild. I think the contract that they got on him through Marc Bergevin could end up being a gift, uh, you know, a parting gift, so to speak. As the cap starts to go up, that deal is going to look more and more uh, palatable. And I, I really think that his what he brings to the team is worth more than maybe what we'll get back in return for him. Now, that being said, he has 15 goals now in the season. So I think some of the playoff teams are going to be sniffing around about him. And if there's a really juicy offer out there, I think you kind of have to take it. So, again, not somebody I want to see go, but um, somebody that might be getting some pretty juicy offers coming up here soon. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe the best offers out there are still going to be for Ben Sherratt. I don't know. He got an own goal in that game. But um, Josh Anderson, man, what a game. He gets the silver lining. And again, it's the second game in a row. I think last game, actually, Lekkonen was player of the game, not silver lining. But second game in a row where I'm taking somebody who had a really good game and saying, look, maybe we want to hang on to this guy, right? I don't know how many guys you can even say that about. I think there's only a couple of guys who are like clear-cut, we're not trading them. I think Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and maybe Alexander Romanov are like the only three that you can say outright, yeah, I wouldn't trade them. They got to be part of the rebuild. Everybody else has to be available. But I think for me, my next tier of like guys I would try to hold on to would be Lekkonen and uh, Josh Anderson. And everybody else, pretty much, you're, you better have your shit packed because you, you might get traded as far as I'm concerned anyways. But uh, I'm also not the one making the decisions, right? That'll be Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. We'll see what they do. But uh, again, you guys know my opinion. Josh Anderson, Arturi Lekkonen, that's two guys that I would try to hold on to. Now, a few other things I want to talk about before I end this one. Uh, number one was the officiating. Jesus Christ, did they ever call every single thing on the ice in that game? And that, again, kind of illustrated, you know, this was a better game for the Montreal Canadiens than you would expect. The Jets have a ridiculously good power play. Their top unit goes with Mark Scheifele, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Kyle Connor up front. That is a very hard trio to stop when you have one less guy on the ice than they do. And the Canadians obviously allowed four power play goals. I think it was four anyways. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I might have to go double check. But anyways, the point being, if that game was not called as like strictly as it was by the officials, I think the Habs maybe have a better chance there. You know, And that's not necessarily how you want to get a chance in the game is to have the officials not call it strictly, but they called that one way too strictly. And then they managed to miss some things. Like Laurent Dauphin got hit directly in the numbers. Uh, near the end of the second period, and they didn't call it. And then immediately when the second period starts, they call a ticky-tack slashing penalty on Brennan Gallagher. Like, if you're going to be strict, be strict, right? Be strict throughout the entire game. Don't just call the stick infractions. You're going to have to call those hits as well. So I didn't love the officiating in that game, and I think that played a part. But uh, again, you don't want to sit here and say, well, if uh, the Jets didn't get so many power plays, then they wouldn't have won. Uh, because obviously, you know, the answer to that that most people would give, which they'd be correct to give, is then stay out of the box, <laughs> um, which was very tough to do with those officials. And then lastly, uh, this was definitely Samuel Montembeau's worst game uh, in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. I don't, I don't want to dump on him. I mean, he's been doing very well for the team lately. Um, he was the honorable mention in our Player of the Month conversation at Eyes on the Prize uh, for the month of February. And, you know, he deserved... He absolutely deserved it. He arguably deserved 
to be player of the month, if not for Cole Caulfield. Now, I the one thing that I would say is I felt like he should have been pulled earlier in that game. I'm not going to dump on Martin Saint-Louis. It's way too early for that. <laughs> we'll see. Um, as you guys know, I, I do like to complain about coaches, but um, I'm not going to really dump on him for that. I just thought that, you know, maybe after the fifth goal would have been the time to pull him because it was clearly not his night. Like I said, they had four goals on six shots in the first period. Even, like, me saying that he should have been pulled after the fifth goal, you could argue that they should have yanked him after goal number four. There was four goals on six shots. I mean, I get why they didn't because they got to go to Calgary on Thursday, so they get one day off and they're going to be playing... Uh, even further out west, so maybe that was part of the decision there. I don't know. I probably would have pulled him after the fifth one um, because I I just didn't see it. It was clearly not his night, and that was you know that was part of the loss as well, right? Obviously, not a whole lot that he can do on some of those power play goals, and one of them was actually against uh, Hammond after he came in because they did pull him late. They pulled him after seven goals, so after Zbois' goal in the third is when they pulled him. Um. I just thought it maybe should have been done earlier. Uh, just a little mercy pull for him there because it was clearly, clearly uh, not his night. Uh, but I digress. Um, again, I, I loved the fact that the team battled back, and I think maybe they left him in after the fifth goal because it was only 5-4. It's not like he was the only one letting in bad goals. Um, Connor Hellebuck let in a couple of... maybe I think definitely the first Anderson goal he should have had so I don't want to say a couple. I think the other three were pretty good goals. Maybe Anderson's third goal also you could say you should have stopped it. It was a short side wrister, but it was a three on it was a three on one, so it, it would have been tough. He kind of had to cheat a little bit towards the middle in case Anderson threw it across, but I don't know. First one he definitely should have had. <laughs> that one went right in the five hole and it was from the outside hash mark. But anyways, I loved the team's battle back and um I, I can't say enough about, you know, how the dynamic of this team has changed, right? They don't give up anymore. A month and a half ago, if this team was in that exact same situation, they gave up four goals in the first 10 minutes, you could believe, you could bet your next paycheck on the fact that that game ends like 8-1 to one or 9-1 to one or something stupid like that. It doesn't anymore. They battle back. And what was I saying during all those horrible 7-1, 8-1 games that we saw earlier on in the season? I'd like to see entertaining hockey for the rest of the year. And this was at the very least entertaining. A little bit too many penalties for my liking, but entertaining. So I'm going to end it there. Uh, we are running ooh, over 14 minutes today. So soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will be back after Thursday night's game against the Calgary Flames. That's a late one. It's starting at 9 p.m. Uh, so buckle up. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll have a few beers and swear a little bit more than I normally would. We'll see. Until then, at that